is Casual Babble. Good morning, you beautiful individual. Welcome to Thursday and welcome back to Casual Babble. Um, I don't know why my uh, eyes are red and irritated this morning. Um, <laughs> not the best timing in the world, but I am BC Babbles and welcome back to Casual Babble, your uh, source for the Queen Cities live cast, morning show, and podcast. I hope you're doing very, very well. Before we hop into today's episode, I do want to let you know that if you're on YouTube, do not forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the bell. That way you're notified about all future content on the channel. And this also, if you're looking to support the channel, do not forget to check out my website, casualbabble.com, as well as check out Patreon and buy me a coffee as ways to also help donate and to make sure that the show and the community continues to grow. I hope you are doing very, very well. So, it's Thursday. We are close to the weekend. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is one of the hardest things I've had to learn and I'm still learning to not do as an individual trying to make or blaze a trail that is of their own design, or at least someone who is trying to find, still working on finding a career, a position, a path that feels like in the long run is going to actually provide us some sense of like, you know what, I'm doing something or at the very least I feel accomplished, you know, make it so that the time that we're investing is worthwhile and that it's going to be productive. And that very difficult thing is not comparing your stuff status or where you are compared to other people who've been in your life. That is proving to me and maybe to you to being one of the hardest things to learn. And it's a pain in the butt, right? Because we want to feel like when we, especially when we have really close friends who have very similar, if not the same kinds of ambitions that we do, um, that we're keeping up with them, right? We want to feel like that we're in the same uh, pace, that we're making the same strides. And oftentimes it feels like, no, we're like, I'm, I'm behind. I feel like I'm so behind. I feel like I'm missing steps. So what did I do? Oh, and that's the worst question to ask yourself really is like, what did I do to not be where my friend is, right? So a little backstory here. So I, going into college, was a super, super wayward student, right? I went in with a pretty generic idea of what I was going to be doing or wanted to do. And then the <laughs> danger of college um, nonconformity or like the many different options, the danger of many different options um, hit me when I went to college because suddenly I was exploring a whole bunch of other things that I didn't go to college intending. And not that that's a bad thing, but I'm very, it's very difficult for me to focus sometimes. And as a result, I was very wayward for the first three to four years of being in college. And that as a result caused me to, in different ways, be far behind anyway. And my biggest fear in the world is being left behind. So did it to myself. But 
I did find my love of radio and broadcasting um, during my fourth year of college. And when I found it, I think I was able to really fully redirect myself and focus on something finally. And I did a lot in the the few or the small amount of time that I had left in college. I was able to do an internship, was, which was great. I was able to go to a radio show conference. I went to the NAB convention in Las Vegas, which if you haven't been and you have a love for broadcast technology, that is the place to go. It is so amazing. And then during this time... I met and became very, very close with a group of people who I considered to be some of the most ambitious, creative, and driven individuals I've ever met. And it felt like in that time frame, we were really, really gunning for the same kind of future. We were moving in the same way, or at least moving individually like we had our own styles but we were all still moving right and then graduation happened and not too long after that i noticed something that i didn't expect which is that everyone else in my group literally everybody else in my group ended up with this really cool out of the gate job and i'm the one who did not and i'm like wait, hold on. I thought we were all moving at the same pace. What happened? Right? Cause you, you think to yourself, I'm pretty sure that I was doing all this same stuff at the same time. How come I didn't get anything like this? I did get a job a few months after college, but if you've been here with me for a little bit, then, you know, <laughs> it was not what it was cracked up to be. Um, and briefly about that job, spent three years at a really big broadcasting company, but it was in this very ditch like job, which I've always described as a tree with no branches. And what I mean by that is that, you know, creatures who live in a tree that has branches, um, are able to explore other trees through the branches, right? Um, this position did not allow me to explore really anything and, 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 to the degree where most departments in broadcast communications companies have some kind of interlaced activity, like they are very interconnected. Um, so typically, naturally, you would be talking to people in other avenues that all collectively help to run the same business. This position was in a department where that just did not happen. Um, so that's what I mean by tree with no limbs. Spent three years in that job, learned nothing. So by the time I left it, I felt like I was even further behind than I did a couple of months out of college when I first realized, hey, I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm not where my friends are anymore. And it's been about eight years now. It's been over eight years because I graduated App State back in um, 2016, go Nears. And it's now, uh, end of September, 2022. So eight years over eight years it's been, and that has been the hardest thing for me to not constantly contemplate on. And I'm still contemplating on that more than I'd like to be, because it's just, it's not super healthy 
mentally, right? And ideally, we're going to go into each workday with a really strong mentality and a really strong sense of, okay, here's the plan for the kind of broad run. Here's today's plan. I'm going to go do this. But I go into a lot of my workdays like, God, am I really where I want to be? You know, because friends A, B, C, and D did this already and yada yada and I'm still kind of doing this does this make sense and yeah it's not good especially it doesn't matter how and it doesn't even matter like what kind of coffee you're getting in the morning if you have that kind of mentality the coffee ain't gonna help much either so what do we do to try to build up some kind of strategy to not go in every day with that same kind of mentality firstly it's not easy So let me be upfront about that right now. It's not easy, but it's doable. So what I'd say firstly is this. Take time to recognize that not everyone's path is going to be the same. I know it sounds very basic, but it the basic realizations can help you so much because the basic realizations tend to be the big ones, really. And firstly, not everyone's path, not everyone's pace, not everyone's opportunity in time will be the same or they're not going to occur at the same moment. So accept that it's a pain in the butt. I'm not going to say it's not, but accept it because it is true. Um, Because as much as I'd say that when I met these friends, they were all we were all in it together. But part of my failure in that was forgetting that by the time I did meet them, they had all already had kind of their own stint in radio. They had all kind of realized their love for it a lot earlier. Excuse me. But they'd also begun putting their own um, efforts into certain avenues and building themselves up in certain ways. So comparatively, I was already kind of a little behind. Not that I, not that I like that or like to admit that, but that's where I was. That's the reality of the situation. So firstly, you know, set your, like allow yourself to realize everyone's path and timing will be different. And there's not a whole lot we can do about that. That's just how it is. Um, especially again, when you all don't start off truly in the same spot, that's just what tends to happen. Now, other thing to realize is these companies out here, especially in broadcast radio, they don't, they'll, even if they claim, which they don't claim often, to really be trying to delve into newer and younger talent and untapped potential, trust me firsthand is what I've seen, is that what they like to do typically is just reorganize and relocate the pre-established talent. And I'm not sure why they see that as more financially feasible you'd think that the person down the hall who is still kind of green but is willing to start off their career with a much lower budget or much lower salary would be a better option especially if they're moldable and you can like help them learn to become a super great asset um but no you'd rather and what i've seen several times is no it's a lot more feasible to relocate somebody from some other part of the country to your location, who knows how much that costs and how much their salary is, but sure. So essentially what I mean by that is that not every company, even though they think they are, not thinking with the best deck, if you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's irritating 
to be sure, especially again, if you are that untapped talent just down the hallway who has been yearning for an opportunity to be involved like that, and it's just not being provided to you. It's super annoying. Trust, I totally, totally get it. So, number one, not everyone starts off in the same spot. And number two, some of these companies just don't have it together. And that's not your fault, um, but it does suck when you're trying to get into the industry that that company represents, right? So, just consider that. Another thing that I found, um, it's not on the fault of you ever, but it is something that I think can hold us back a little bit. And I think this is another avenue in which people should really start holding companies accountable. And that is when they are unable to provide feedback. Now, let me build into that. So one of the other elements that I have found not the best when it comes to some of these companies is that they often, well, not the companies, but the hiring managers. So here's my thoughts. When someone reaches out to you after you've applied to one of their openings and they choose to reach out to you, they have opened up an avenue to where there should be certain things that are met, certain things that are done, right? And what I mean by that is, They've chosen to go out of their way to tell you that out of all the applicants, you were one of the prime candidates for a position. And oftentimes, what does that result in? It results in the request for a time for an interview, right? Now, nowadays, after the pandemic, so many people just do remote Zoom teams um, meetings for interviews, which is fine. But even today and previously before the pandemic, most people, as tradition would suggest, have people physically come in to discuss the position in detail, in person. That way they get a, a feel for who you are as a person and your vibe, right? So in those instances, what I think they fail to realize, the, the managers, the hiring managers who are asking you to come in and interview, is that you're putting aside two of your assets to make this work. One, you're putting aside your time, you're probably making time, or if you're in a job that you're trying to leave for this job, you're probably taking time off, not getting paid for it. So time and money. And of course, if you're traveling to go see them, however far that is, that's gas. So you're using two to three of your assets. You're putting your assets in to make a part of the hiring manager's job feasible right? Because they're only one person getting paid for this interview process and it's not you, right? So they'll reach out to you, say, we like you. We'd like to interview you. Can you come in? You go in, right? And you have an interview. And let's say you've got a good, you've had a good interview, right? And we know what a good interview is because if it's a bad interview, they're going to cut you off at like five minutes. And that's if you get that far. And that's how you know that's a bad interview. But let's say you go in and the interview was set to be like half an hour, but based on your personality, your conversation style, the way you ask questions, that the interview ends up going for like 45 to an hour. That's a really, really good interview. So it shows that you have many, if not most of the characteristics that they're looking for and that they like you because again, they pushed their own time slot further 
so that they could continue talking to you, right? So that all happens. They've contacted you. You've driven in. You've interviewed, and sometimes more than once, right? And let's say after all that, they say, sorry, but we're, we're still moving on with somebody else. First of all, rude. Uh, secondly, it's like, okay, cool. And one of the practices I've developed over time is that even if I am irked, irritated, or like disappointed that even after all that conversation, all that great um, vibing with this team that I still didn't get the job, what I out the gate have been doing is that I firstly respond to the email because it's always an email. They never call you and tell you that, but it's an email. And I respond saying, hey, you know what? I really appreciate the chance to come in and talk to you, to learn more about this position, to discuss you know, what you're looking for. Um, thank you so much. And then I follow up with, and it's in the same, same reply, could you provide me any feedback into what you believe held me from being the prime candidate for this job? And I always put in there, I'd like to be able to, you know, I, I love, I like um, some practical criticism. I like some advice. I'd be happy to focus on some things that apparently need some focus. And what the irritating part comes in and the third difficult thing is that 95% of the time, if not more, these hiring managers will not provide you feedback. And that says nothing about you. It says everything about them. Because here's the thing. If they've asked you to put your assets aside, to actually put your assets into making their job feasible for them, my belief, bare minimum, is that when you are professional enough to accept the fact that they've passed you over, and you would still like some professional feedback, they owe you that feedback. That is 100% what I believe. And again, it's because you've put aside your time, your money, and your gas to go speak with them. And even if it's a Zoom interview, you've still likely made time for them. So you've likely taken off either a portion of the day, or you've asked for an extended lunch, or you've asked for the whole day off, so you're not getting paid per se, unless it is PTO. And you made their job work. Because again, for sure, even if even if it's you are a PTO when you're off for the day so that you can take this interview. Well, in any case, the one person who's definitely getting paid is the hiring manager. You as the interviewee is not being paid for the interview, right? So bare minimum. They, they, I believe they do owe you feedback if you're professional enough to ex ask for it, but they won't give it to you. So that's a tough thing to do because it, it creates this, to me, this cycle where people clearly seem to know what they want and what they don't want. And they've noticed an element of what they're not looking for in you because that has convinced them to pass you over but they can't tell you what that is. Because here's the thing, I feel like if someone asks for some kind of information on how they can better themselves, I mean, I think that's a very mature thing to do. Like ask somebody else who is considered a higher level professional, how can I build myself up? How can I make myself seem like a primer candidate for future instances? 
and you can't tell me? Hmm. I, I don't think that says as good about you as the hiring manager or your company as you think it does. And it really, it only takes, it takes 20 seconds out of your time to say, hey, I appreciate you asking for feedback. I would say it's this, this, and this. And that's if it's that many things. 20 seconds, if not more, because you don't have to provide an essay. I'm not asking for an essay. Just provide me a couple of points that you think held me back and just make sure they make sense. Now, people might argue that, well, they are hiring managers. They don't have the time. Ah, ha, ha. (laughs) They made the time because they chose to single you out out of all the candidates, all the applicants. And again, again, they've asked you to put aside your time and in a lot of cases, your money and gas to go see them. So they can make the time. They can make the 20 seconds when you've made a whole day for them. Bare minimum, my belief. So those three things. Not everyone starts off in the same spot. Not every company is thinking with a full deck, especially these companies who are doing these massive layoffs and having to have their biggest assets take pay cuts. And then three, hiring managers, for whatever reason, have a really big issue with providing feedback and helping you develop yourself. And that can all together drive you absolutely insane. And if you do feel absolutely insane, I totally understand because I've been at this for almost a a decade and still trying to figure out why these things occur. Of course, the one element that we can control is how much we contemplate on these things, right? How much we contemplate on, I'm not where my friends are, my friends are, and to drive that even further, so my friends that I graduated with who got those pretty cool jobs out of college, um, they've all actually, funny enough, they've moved out of the radio sphere and into other kind of more corporate jobs like kind of communications management or like things like that. They're not so much on the mic anymore. And in recent con- conversations with them, they've told me that, um, yeah, we've done the radio thing. And as much as it's like, oh, cool, as much as hearing from their perspective that altogether radio seemed more like a temporary thing when back in the day when we were about to graduate, we were like, radio is the future. Radio is going to be our career completely. It to a degree, hearing that for them, it seemed more temporary than we had initially anticipated kind of lessened it for me. I couldn't escape the fact that I was thinking to myself, well, you know, even if it's temporary, I would have still liked to do that myself, (laughs) right? Um, And I haven't done that yet. But of course, that's why I got the show, because I do what I want on here. But those things can cause contemplating that to be so difficult, because it's almost like something that nags at us, and it's not healthy. So consider those three things. And again, those three things being not everyone starts off in the same place. Not all these companies are thinking with a full deck and people don't know how to provide honest, practical feedback. And that puts us in a position to not 
figure out easily how to grow, right? And not that I'll say that everyone should tell us, not to say that everyone else is responsible for helping us figure certain things out, but if it's like a hiring manager position, and if someone in the position of a hiring manager who's interviewed you and told you you're not good enough, they can tell you why they think that. There should be zero issue with that. And personally, and I'll say this to the hiring manager, if you don't have the nerve to do that, you probably shouldn't be in your job. Because again, if you're gonna go out of your way to have somebody else use their assets to come see you, bare minimum, you owe them some feedback. I think it's just super simple. And why people don't do it, I don't really get, Um, but it happens. It's super annoying. (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, to me, I think that's rude. To me, I think that's a little underhanded because again, um, I just threw off my whole video here. Make sure we're good. Yeah, we're good. But I don't like it. I find it's very annoying and I don't think... um, it helps anybody out. I think it keeps people at, in this cycle where we are kind of stuck where we are, both um, not only financially, because we're trying to move on f- financially and have a better position, um, but also we're not learning how to better ourselves. And that doesn't serve anybody. So, yeah. Moving on to some submissions for today's episode. Um, and we're going to check out some of the questions. Um, stories and uh, office gossip from the audience. Uh, Let's see. The first one um, says, asked not to disclose salary. Okay, let's go into it. I recently had a meeting with my boss asking for a raise. I work as a full-time copywriter making 23 an hour. Pretty good start off with, but ooh, no benefits. Okay. While I have a few years of experience, I have only been at this company for 10 months. During the meeting, my boss seemed super receptive and agreed with all my points and data that showed average pay for our area and substan- that is substantially higher. Hmm. We also, he also asked me not to disclose my salary to any of my coworkers. That was last week. This week, I followed up and was told that I would receive a raise at my one-year mark, and they don't know how much that would be. Sus. When I asked if there was room to negotiate an early an earlier raise, I was told that was never on the table, and he thought I was talking about the one-year raise during the initial meeting. He said they don't do raises outside annual reviews, which I know isn't true from experience. Hmm. Super sus. He went on to say that although website data shows my pay is below average, his experience in the industry is that I'm actually paid very fairly. But there are no benefits, so maybe not so fairly. Uh, He finished off the meeting by asking if I am in some sort of financial trouble and that's why I'm pursuing a raise. No, raises are typical. And this whole thing has felt really sketchy to me. I've had a great relationship with my boss prior to this, but I'm just not sure how I feel at the moment looking for advice, I guess. So I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, maybe this is just because I'm more experienced in the Charlotte market, but 23 an hour is a good starting pay rate, but typically that coincides with some kind of benefits, right? Um, So to hear that it doesn't, for me, is a little off. Like, I would think if they're able to afford paying you that, they should have some kind of um, benefit system set up to make sure that, you know, 
you're taken care of. Um, let's see here. You also mentioned that. Hmm. Pays below average. Now, so here's the thing about not disclosing salary to to coworkers. I initially going into just kind of the job world, um, I kind of understood why people would ask not to disclose. Um, but here's my thought on it also. I think a good company is going to run in a way where the people you have should, for applicable reasons, have the rates they have, right? So essentially that people with seniority should be paid higher and people who are newer paid closer to the base salary that you offer. Now, I come from a a position where, for whatever reason, and not that I am not grateful for it, but this caused turmoil, where going into a job brand spanking new, I was offered a higher rate, which I took, but I didn't know at the time that I was the only one with the higher rate. And eventually my coworkers did find out because I'm very honest with my coworkers and we were really, we are really, really close. And they were like, what the hell is that about? And I was like, I don't know. It was offered to me in the initial interview, yada, yada. Um, so I would probably try to find out why it is that you couldn't disclose. I mean, if you're new to the company, but they're being, they're telling you that you cannot disclose your salary. I'd probably worry about whether or not get a feel for it, get a feel for it. Um, but yeah, that'd be my go-to from here. There's a lot of here. There's a lot here that I am thinking perhaps we need just some more information on, but one, if you have, if you've got, inf- if you have experience prior to this position, consider looking elsewhere. It sounds like the company's smaller, maybe family owned. And as cool as those can be, depending on the size of them, they just may not be ready for every kind of person to be in there because obviously you've got ambitions and you're, you know, looking to actually show development in the time frame that you're with the company, which is nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so I would definitely consider looking elsewhere. Um, at the very least, um, get a gauge of your environment more and see why they may not want you to, um, what was I saying (laughs) to disclose your salary, but thank you for the submission. Super, super, um, appreciate that. Now, just in case you don't know, if you're newer to the show, I've got a couple of ways in which you can submit your work experiences, your story, your questions, and your office gossip. So one way is going to casualbabble.com. There is a page called Submit Your Story. Um, You can leave your name as anonymous. Um, I do not release your emails. We only use that for my admin, so they can let you know when your submission is going to be used on the show or in the newsletter. The other way is that we just created a Reddit community called Talk Office Gossip, um, so that provides you even more anonymity if you prefer. Um, head over there. Again, it's on Reddit. Talk Office Gossip is the name of the community. Um, post your experience, question, or gossip there. And again, we will let you know when your submission is used on the show or in the newsletter. Now, if you want to get the newsletter, um, go to casualbabble.com. Main page right below the main picture, there is a sign up um, 
simple uh, little form field there. It says sign up and keep up. Put your um, preferred email address in there and you'll receive the newsletter when it comes out. Now, the last one came out last week, so we got a few weeks left before the next one goes out. Also, if you are tier two or higher on Patreon, then you will get your name shouted out in the newsletter as well. There will be a section for supporters and patrons and you'll be listed in there. So again, uh, check out Patreon if you want to support the community and the show. Um, it provides you different tier levels of how you can one, um, get early access to content as well as be showcased and acknowledged as an awesome supporter. So check it out. And again, if you prefer the more kind of one-time donation as opposed to a monthly kind of deal, um, there's also the buy me a coffee link is also in bio so check either one of those two out um so let's see here oop i'm not sure what i was doing there click the wrong buttons all righty so this one is called we apparently have zero zero tolerance all right long weekend stag bachelors group staying with us um at a hotel, two guests per room across six or seven rooms. Wow. Um, arrived yesterday, four hours before check-in, stashed their luggage in our storage. Fair enough. Then they went to the bar and as it had literally as it had literally just opened, uh, came back to the front desk as I arrived for my shift. So and I got them all checked in. I got their luggage and noticed a couple of bottles of rum sticking out as this was the first interaction or any knowledge at all that I had myself of this group. I should have really seen where it was going to go from there. Over the next six hours, I must have replaced missing keys for at least half the group, and during this time, I had to go up to the same floor they were staying on to make up a couple of pull-out beds as a last-minute reservation. Got to the room I was heading to when all of a sudden I was hit with a rather strong herbal smoke smell. <laughs> <laughs> All the rooms are non-smoking and definitely non-wacky tobacco. <laughs> okay, I wasn't ready for that word. Non-wacky tobacco. Okay, I was not prepared for for that wording. Okay, non. Okay, I gotta use that somewhere. Non. I'm I'm gonna write that down right now. Non-wacky tobacco. I cannot. That is so funny. Tobacco. That is insanely funny. I love that. So again, all of our rooms are non-smoking and definitely non-wacky tobacco. That's awesome. Um, after finishing what I was going, what I was doing, I headed back downstairs, spoke to my colleague to get a second opinion sniff test on the corridor, just in case I was imagining things. You're probably not. Um, they had the door to one of their rooms open when we went up and caught them in the act, all while they were denying it and trying to throw the evidence out of the window. You love adults that are still children. Uh, a few more instances of loud, obnoxious behavior, kicking doors, sexist comments to female breakfast service staff. Housekeeping even found a couple of baggies of happy good time sherbet. <laughs> Uh, tucked away in public areas the group kept going to. Um, there was mention yesterday evening after the Mary Jane incident of calling the police to get them evicted from the premises, but today, when more management were on site, they seemed to have taken the, well, they're not actually upsetting other guests yet, it would be a shame to lose revenue as we'd only end up cop comping for the rooms if they'd complain after being kicked out approach. 
Love that. So yeah, glad I was on the mid-shift today so didn't have to endure another evening of it. They'll be long since checked out by the time I clock in tomorrow. So one of the things I hate about managers at either hotels or um, apartment complexes even, and not all managers, but in my, and I was in hospitality for a little while. So I'm coming from a place of hurt. Um, is that when you're brought in as a concierge, you, it is your job to enforce rules and you are told to do so by the manager, but managers in these places will so quickly make you seem like a punk because when you go to enforce the rule, Suddenly they're like, oh, you're being too harsh. Like the manager will tell you you're being too harsh. Like it is your job to follow the rules, but know when to not follow the rules or when not to push them. That makes no damn sense. It makes no damn sense. Um, they were in there. They were doing what they weren't supposed to be doing and they should have been kicked out. Managers either hire someone because you think they have the nerve to enforce the rules and allow them to enforce the rules or don't get upset when they turn around and tell you off. I cannot stand managers who hire a concierge. I was hired as as a concierge in Uptown Charlotte. And when going in there, I was told by the manager, how you doing Elise? uh, That my job is to enforce the rules. So I tried my best to make sure I was aware of all the rules and to enforce them. But the second, the second one of these uptight, prissy, privileged guests complained that I was doing my job is the second I was told by the manager. And oftentimes, and this is the best part, not only by the manager, but oftentimes in front of the complaining individuals that I should back off. When I tell you it's one of the most irritating things to be made to seem like a punk in front of people, she had better be so happy that I got fired as opposed to quitting because that right there, not worth my time. I do not care that it was okay pay. It was okay pay, firstly. Um, but yeah, that's one of the worst things. Um, and I, it sounds like I think that's just kind of like a common thing with a lot of managers um, in the hotel and apartment business where it's just like, yeah, your job is to enforce the rules, but I want to make sure we get more money. So you're going to end up looking like a punk. I hate that for you. I really do. Look for a new job because that should not be a waste of your time. But again, I love your verbiage. I am so using non-wacky tobacco. I'm not sure the next time I'll get a chance to use it, but it's going to be used (laughs) that much. I can for sure promise because that is awesome. Let's see here. Ooh, love this title, but not sure. I love the story. It's called fired for asking for reasonable accommodations. We love that. We love that. Is it going? Oh, That one's not pulling up for some reason. Let's see here. All right. Moving on to a new submission. This one is called my... Oop. 
I resigned with notice and my boss is furious. We love it when we follow protocols and the bosses cannot handle it. That must be so annoying. Let's find out what the story is. And that's if my computer will actually work with me here. You love it. You love the timing. You love the timing. There we go. Hmm. I've been at my job for five years. One of the last three, when my last boss started, she was incrementally, she has incrementally became, become a worse bully directly to me. My colleagues noticed it and would even ask me if I'm okay. I'm non-confrontational, so I wasn't comfortable addressing it. I just got a new job and my, and my boss said she wouldn't be in the office the day I was going to resign with two weeks notice, so I wrote a formal letter telling her I'm ready to talk when she is. She was, she has absolutely lost it. Love the maturity. Um, refused to talk to me for 48 hours, and when she finally did, she had a hissy fit telling me I really hurt her feelings. She's trash talking me to my colleagues I've adored for years, and though we know it's lies, I'm so overwhelmed because she's so persuasive and narcissistic, it's impossible to battle. She's saying things like, how could she do this to me during my birthday week, and I can't believe she's only giving me two weeks notice. You're not old anymore. Um, I will be done soon, but I'm so overwhelmed and blaming myself for all of it. Posting, wondering who has experienced similar and I am really, and am I really as bad as she's making me out to be? First of all, no. No, you're not bad for giving two weeks notice to a job overrun by a shitty boss. Cannot be your fault at all. Um, and you cannot help that this person is clearly damaged and probably should not be anybody's boss. Anyone who uses those two points there that you made, do this to me during my birthday week and only giving me two weeks notice, it tells you right there and then that you're making the correct choice and you probably should have gotten a newer job sooner. Um, bosses are not owed unless you're some kind of high corporate individual. They are not owed more than two weeks notice at all. So that whole shebang there ignore it, not your problem, you can move on. Um, no, you're moving, you're looking for a, a position and more importantly, an environment where you actually feel welcomed and you actually feel like being in the environment is productive. Clearly, this individual is not capable of providing that, so why stay there? Why should any of you stay there? Leave her to figure out uh, the replacement of a whole new team if you can, that'd be amazing. But no, not your fault. You were totally good. Do what you're doing. Continue to move on. Do not feel bad. Move on with your life because mm -mm, mm -mm, that is not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, love bosses who are immature. If you cannot handle your employees following protocol and doing things by the book as they should, you shouldn't be a boss. Go home, be sad by yourself, and leave the rest of us alone. Additionally, and I'd say even more importantly, if you are unable to handle the stress of your own job as a manager or a director of operations for a department, again, go home, be sad by yourself, leave the rest of us alone. Uh, my first job, one of the reasons I had to leave it after three years was because my idiot boss, hi Linda, um would not, could not handle the stress of her own job and could not handle the mistakes that she would make. 
and so and vehemently and quickly, almost instinctually, would let her frustrations out on mere other coworkers. Uh, yeah, don't love it. Do not love those environments. If you're moving on, good riddance. You should not subject yourself to environments like that for, and I, and I know for different situations, it's hard to not do that, but you should never have to submit yourself to that. It's not worth it. Um, so if you're able to leave and you do it, how I would have even waited to like, I, <laughs> I would have waited to like the day before. And if you're, if you're moving on in such a way where like, it doesn't matter if you follow protocol with her, with someone like that, I wait till the day before be like, peace, good luck. Uh, <laughs> anyway, four years without a raise, how to ask for one. Hello. Uh, this is a th <laughs> throwaway account. Okay. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking for some advice on approaching the owners of the company for a raise. I am the help desk manager for a small IT company. I've been with the company for seven years and have been in my position for six of those. When I started with the company, we were quite small, eight to nine employees, including the two owners. Through the first uh, year or so of my employment, I got a couple raises up to 55K. Love it. Um, after that, I was promoted and replaced the existing help desk manager who moved into a different role in the company. With this promotion, I went went up to 62K. Love it. Uh, though the owners said they were wanting to pay me 72, but they could not do the finances. Concern. After another two years, we met again and they gave me the 72 I was originally promised. Love that. Uh, now it's been four years with no raise or discussion of it until one year ago, the team I managed was only myself and one other person. We worked countless hours of overtime and handled the workload that would normally require a team of four to six people. Don't love that. Some points I feel contribute to justifying the pay increase. Inflation. There have not been any pay changes to compensate for cost of living increases. Don't like that. Um, 84000 would match my previous raise based on this. One of the owners has repeatedly stated that he thinks I should be making far more than I currently am with no mention of specific numbers. I am frequently uh, praised as one of the two star children in the company. This is mostly done with the rest of the company present and often in front of a, cu a customer's entire team. Numerous customers have said they wouldn't be customers of ours if it weren't for me. The size of the team I am managing went from two to eight within the past year. To me, those are all valid points, especially if you're being praised by the customers who are obviously the source of income for the company. Yeah, I would definitely take those points in stride and ask for a raise. One of the owners is heavily bureaucratic and likes to focus on setting expectations while the other is very relationship driven, valuing loyalty and strong leadership skills. I have never approached them asking for a raise or promotion, nor have I ever done this with any company I've worked for. I have always stayed quiet and just worked. I'm not sure how to lay out or frame things, um, what number range of numbers I should be asking for or what things I should be taking into consideration that I may not already be. 
I do not have insight into your our company finances, though we have gained a few larger customers recently, as well as having hired four new team members in the past couple of weeks. Researching my position, the pay range looks like to be anywhere from 65 to 120 a year. Uh, should some points above be focused on? Am I making a mistake asking about this shortly after we hired additional team members? Should I only ask for enough to compensate for the cost of living increase? Any advice is greatly appreciated. So to answer your second question, if you're making a mistake asking this shortly after they hired new team members, you have no control over that. That is their call. That is a decision that they made on their finances. Um, so, and it has no effect on how long you've been with them. And again, how much you clearly have made yourself an asset for the company. So as far as the timing between you asking for a raise and when they hired more team members, don't worry about that. That's not your call. Um, nothing to do with you. Uh, as far as what points to focus on, I'd say um, inflation is definitely a good one. I'm not sure I would lead with that one, um, but I would bring up how long you've been with the company, um, the fact that customers do consider you the kind of deal breaker in regards to if they would stay with the company if you were no longer with them and as well as you know mention to them the overtime hours you worked um when they had a much smaller team as well as um consider the amount you went up with each time you to get a raise so you went from 55 to 62 to 72 so it's roughly a 10k bump um I'd say stick with that same thing. Um, open to negotiations. I wouldn't take anything less than five to seven more, honestly. Again, the decisions that they make regarding their team is not for you to contemplate, not your job, but going with those points, how long you've been with them, how important or essential the customers that bring them their money consider you to be, and again, the fact that you've... Um, been getting raises in the past and you do need to make sure that you are well off or otherwise ultimately if they can't provide you what you need to be able to live well then you got to move on anyway so and if they if you got to leave a number of customers will likely leave with them so yeah use those points nothing wrong with that i mean don't go in there with this whole mindset of like i even though you are deserving of a raise don't go in there with that mentality or that uh, countenance, because that'll be a little off-putting. Um, but go in there very honest with these points, and I think you should be good to go, very, very honestly. I think we got time for one more submission this morning. Thank you so much for all of you who've been with me this morning. I really, really appreciate it, and I do love you guys getting to enjoy the show with me. Let's see here. <laughs> Let's see here. New employer requesting background check, but I'm saying staying at an Airbnb. What address to put as a current mailing address? Let's see here. Hi, all. I recently received a job offer with an insurance company, and they are requesting a background check. My only concern is I'm not sure which address to put for my current mailing address section to get the ball rolling. I just recently arrived at the Airbnb two weeks ago, relocated to L.A. from New York, I applied to my job back in July, didn't hear back for a while, and then suddenly I had an interview with my first day um, at my Airbnb in LA. I still have less than two weeks at this Airbnb while I 
still job searching apartment researching, but unsure which address to put for the form on the form. Let's see here. <clears throat> Airbnb hosts strictly said no mail can be sent there. So I'm concerned that if I put my LA address, that'll come up as no previous residing history. But if I put my New York address, then my prospective employer will be confused since they offered me an LA based salary. I did advise HR that I was new to the area that I was at a temporary address with the possibility of moving again so soon. So it's, it isn't news to them, but they might forget. And the check takes at least two weeks. I just don't know. Don't want to raise any unneeded red flags that could make the process longer, essentially since the HR rep said it would take at least two weeks, but has also seen the check take up to four weeks help. So to get this right, you moved from New York to LA. You're at an Airbnb, still going to be there for a little bit, but it will likely move. So you got to figure out um, where they should send your first paycheck. One thing you could do if they offered in LA, I don't see why they wouldn't, is see if you can go out and get yourself a P.O. box. Because no matter where you physically reside, the P.O. box will be in the same spot um, and see if they can make that available um, and they can just send it there. So no matter where you are, if you're still at the Airbnb or if you have moved on to your new home, you'll be able to go to the P.O. box and you'll be able to receive it. Um, I don't believe that should be an issue uh, with a check. And again, it allows you to be wherever you're, you are going to be. Obviously, if the host says that no mail can be sent to them, that is their prerogative. They do own the um, building, the um, the property. So you got to go with what they say. You're kind of at their mercy since it's an Airbnb. Uh, but yeah, I would say P.O. Box. And that way, even if you're still at the Airbnb or if you are in the process of finally moving into your new um, apartment or home, then you can just go to this one P.O. Box, which is stationary and receive whatever the company sends you. You should be good to go. Um, otherwise, see if like if the first paycheck has to be paper form. I know a lot of companies still do that for the sake of confirming, I think, the routing number for their employees for their bank accounts. Um, but see if the first one can be direct deposit if possible. Just make sure they have your information for that. Um, my last job was direct deposit for the first paycheck, so no issue there. Um, and that might even make it more simple. So those two things, I would say, um, see if the first check has to be paper, and if not, can it be direct deposit? And if it has to be paper for the first time and it has to go somewhere, I'd say get a PO box and have it sent to that address. That should fix you up. All right. Thank you so much for joining me this morning for Casual Babble. First time as a live morning show. I truly appreciate everyone being here, and I do hope you have a good day. Remember, the hardest thing to do sometimes is to not compare where you are to where other people that you know have been and are going. Remember, again, not everyone starts off in the same place. Two, not all these companies are thinking with a full deck. And three, um, people... A lot of hiring managers do not know how to provide feedback, and that's not your fault, but that can make it confusing and frustrating, but you're going to make it through. We are going to be good. I promise. So in the meantime, hope you have a great day, and I will talk to you.